This is That Marketing Podcast. Made by marketers for marketers. Welcome to another edition of That Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Spotlight UK. You've heard about CRMs, Customer Relationship Management Systems, but this week we are talking about CDPs, Customer Data Platforms, with David Rabb, founder of Rabb Associates and the CDP Institute. We talk about what this slightly lesser-known category of platform is and what it's for, uh, the kind of problems it can help you solve, and key questions that you need to ask yourself when you're considering if it's a platform you actually need to invest in. I hope you enjoy and happy marketing. Uh, David, first of all, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, We're talking about uh, customer data platforms or CDPs here as your particular expertise. Um, I think we should probably start with the basics and what is a customer data platform? What makes it different from CRMs, customer relationship management systems that listeners are probably more familiar with? Okay, so the definition of CDP is package software that builds a unified persistent customer database that's accessible to other systems. Um, like a CRM, a CDP is packaged software, something you buy, you don't build it like you would build, say, a custom data warehouse or a data lake. Unified persistent customer data is really where it's different. Again, a CRM stores data persistently in the same way that a CDP does, but the unified customer database bit is really where they're going to differ from each other because the CRM really works with data that's been created within the CRM. So someone calls on the phone or someone talks to a salesperson or possibly makes a transaction, depending on what your definition of CRM includes, and that all gets captured in the system and it's stored and it's accessed. But the CRM typically doesn't know about what happened on the website because it's not that's not a CRM activity, that's a website web personalization system activity it doesn't necessarily know what happened in the retail store because that's not managed by the crm system whereas the cdp pulls in all of that data from all of those sources and specifically designed to pull in data from different sources and create those unified profiles and if you want a system to do that you have to design it in a certain way to store the data in a certain way and access to make the data accessible and you use a different technical design than you do in a CRM, which is really designed at the end of the day to put up a single person's record in front of the salesperson or of a uh, call center agent and not really to deal with bulk masses of data or analog bulk masses of data in the way that the CDP does. And then the third component of that definition, accessible to other systems, again, CRMs are primarily designed to work with the data that they themselves have captured. They're not really designed to share their data out with other systems. And some of them are pretty good at data sharing. Many of them, unfortunately, actually are not very good at data sharing at all. Again, because they simply wasn't sort of something that the designers had in mind when they built it. So it's a pretty, pretty specific set of differences between the two classes of systems. All right. Is it fair to say that CDPs are kind of built for marketing activity, whereas CRMs are more built with sales in mind? Or is that, is that getting too simplistic about the essential differences? Uh, it's a little oversimplistic because the, the, the analogy would be or the analog would be more marketing automation, which is sort of to, to marketing what CRM is to sales. All right? And then marketing automation is specifically built to send out those marketing messages to people. And technically, they sometimes look a bit like a CDP, 
least more than a CRM looks like a CDP because they are dealing with large bulk masses of data, rather, you know, people as a group rather than one person at a time. But again, those other differences about dealing with external data sources and sharing the data out, that's not so much a sales versus marketing thing. Uh, and indeed, a lot of CDPs <clears throat> support, sometimes they support sales, they'll often synchronize with the sales system, they'll often support eight call centers, they'll uh, often support customer success teams, they'll often support actually other operational teams outside of uh, yeah, sales and marketing both. So the CDP ideally is really an enterprise resource because everybody throughout the enterprise has good use for unified customer data. Uh, so it, it's, they're really almost on a different plane, if you will. Okay, one of the things I came across when I was reading through reading through sort of preparing for this interview is um, an e-consultancy piece that was talking about um, how CDPs kind of allow you to do more with real-time interactions and real-time data. Um, specifically for our sort of B2B customer base, do you think um, real-time data works for B2B or do people see that as as too pushy or is, is the is the, or the other way of looking at it, is the B2B sales cycle too long for for real-time interactions to have a, a significant impact for, for a single moment to push things either way? Well, real-time definitely has a large role to play in B2B in particular. Uh, doesn't really matter the fact that, yes, this is, of course, a longer sales cycle, but you're still on the web, you're interacting, you want to get a reaction in real-time, you want to say, send out the right, you'll suggest the right content to someone based on what they've just done. That, that takes real-time processing, even, even though that particular web visit might be part of a much longer sales cycle. Uh, similarly, in the call center, you want to make sure that you're recommending the agent that they tell the right person, the right information to the right to that person at that moment, knowing their context in the context in the larger sales cycle that they're a part of, um, or you want to give the call center agent access to the whole customer history or, or lead history, interaction history. Which is a real-time transaction. So you have to look out that, look up that data in some other system, and typically actually display it alongside the CRM. You don't usually put that into the CRM, but you just sort of expose the data profile that's been built into CDP, and that wants to be pretty close to up to date. So yeah, there there are um, obviously as many real-time use cases in B2B as there are in B2C. Dave, who's normally the stakeholders for a CPP when when the invest in one obviously a, a kind of a marketing automation system it's mainly give or take the marketing team depending on the size of the company um, you kind of normally get the the IT team and sales that are, are interested uh, from a CDP point of view um, who, who would normally be the instigator for getting one of those you mentioned enterprise companies is, is it mainly enterprise companies you see it in um, mid-market obviously I guess small small companies it wouldn't be um feasible for them there are a couple of cdp vendors who are attacking the small business segment but generally speaking small businesses are not going to be all that relevant to a cdp or cdp is not all that relevant to the small business they don't really have that many systems. You know, a big company could have 90 different marketing systems in place, not uncommon, certainly dozens. 
uh, you know, a small company, might have a few systems, a handful, but not that many. And, and a lot of the smaller businesses will use some sort of an all-in-one system that does, you know, combined CRM and marketing automation and possibly even e-commerce or, uh, you know, in one place, in which case their data is not as fragmented because it's all stored in whatever system that is. Uh, in terms of who buys it, uh, still mostly marketing departments, maybe 50% if you had to pull a number out of the air. Uh, it used to be higher. Uh, the other groups you will occasionally see, sales groups, you will see customer success teams, and part of that is definitional, what we, what are sort of the classic game site, um, uh, those products that are, you know, customer mm -hmm. success products, we actually are back CDPs from a technical standpoint. They were uh, part of the original group of packages that we identified when we first defined the CDP category. Uh, now you're seeing a little more activity that the IT level or often a chief data officer or a chief analytics officer will say, well, you know, I already have my data lake, mm. but there's a lot of work in getting out that data from the data lake into the hands of my data scientists who are spending an awful lot of time doing data cleaning and prep and all that. And the CDP can act as an intermediate layer pulling its data not from the original source system, but from the data lake that it itself has pulled up from the source systems. But then, it's, so it's a convenient source for the CDP, but then doing still that, that profile creation, so the unification and the matching and all the fancy stuff that a CDP does to create a unified customer profile. Because most of the time, the, the data analysts or the data scientists who are working with the data really do want a customer profile if they're working with customer data. So either they do it by hand, create their own for each project manually, which is what happens yeah. today in most cases, or you let a CDP do that, and then they just have a sort of a head start on getting to the good stuff, which is the work they want to do with the analysis okay. of that data. Yeah, and when you allude to it, the good stuff is such as having your hands on that data in one place for you to be able to make those decisions. So you mentioned marketeers generally there, and you went data analysts. Uh, so for, for those two bits in my world, it's about then, I guess, having that data so you can make those decisions, whether it's you want to run this campaign for longer or you want to enter this new market, maybe, depending on what the data says or you've got a new product you're going to launch. So I, I guess that's the main benefit of having that um, C, that uh, CDP of overlaying all that data. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, there have been lots of studies that show that data scientists and data analysts spend 40 to 60 percent of their time just doing data preparation work. And the CDP kind of automates that for them so they don't have to spend quite so much time. They'll always spend a little time. So it's, it's that just pure labor savings for those guys yeah. that, that, that makes it helpful. Once you've got a CDP in place and you've got the data coming in in the way that you need it to, how would a customer experience your your marketing and your business process differently or a, a, um, or a prospect or a lead as well what we know can the, how can they does it will come across as a more is, is the idea a more streamlined process whatever stage of the, the funnel you're at or is there some other main benefit to it that we need to talk about well the benefit from the customer perspective will be probably fairly subtle okay what you're what you've done primarily is made your marketers more productive so your marketers will be able to run more and more precisely targeted campaigns. So the customer, he might, he might still get the same number of messages, but the messages will be a little better targeted. They'll be a little more accurate. They'll be a little more appropriate. Okay, they'll be drawn on more data so, so they are 
you know, making better recommendations to that customer because they can see things that the old recommendation engine couldn't see the old recommendation engine, maybe could only see web transactions. The new recommendation now can see in-store transactions as well. So the better recommendations because it knows more. So customers say, yeah, it's a recommendation. I'm looking different than me, but you know that, but it's a better recommendation. Probably they're getting, they're responding a little better. Maybe they're a little happier because they see that the company is doing a better job supporting them in whatever way it supports them. So it, it, it little, you know, it's not going to change their day-to-day -day experience, but just somehow they'll be happier. Old adages, isn't it, where we're all trying to get or, or be personal within our comms. And the more personal you can be generally, the, the better outcome you're going to get. So having having that data, not just at your fingertips, but a bit more meaningful means as a marketeer, at least, you can definitely get better out. Well, not definitely, because that's a bit strong, but hopefully get better outcomes for, from the campaigns that you run. Um, have you, Dave, have you seen any customers using a, a customer data platform in a really good way? Because for me, I've not really come across many of them in, uh, I'm, I definitely work in the, the SME market. So uh, Spotlow, our, our main, our main platform is a CRM, which is connected to quite a few different platforms. So in essence, a little bit like a, a, a CDP and a point that it, it is a central depository for our data where we can make some decisions, but it doesn't pull in like the ERP, which a CDP might pull in. Um, we've got the marketing automation software going into it. We've got the sales using it. So we kind of use it quite well for sales and marketing and customer support, but we don't like have live chat information going in there, monthly revenue at the moment going in there is such. So have you got any examples of customers that um, our listeners could look into and sign up for their stuff maybe to get the experience of Uber personalization or anything along those lines? Um. You know, I, I don't carry that list around in my head, <laughs> which, uh, but you know, if you look at look at our website, you know, cdbinstitute.org, we have uh, 40 or 50 case histories of specific vendors, and, you know, specific customers who do that. Uh, you know, you do, most of the big retailers nowadays are actually are going to be using it. But again, so we're just saying, from the user's perspective, you know, the stuff doesn't come on with a label that says, you know, this data came through a CDP. It's kind of <laughs> nice if it did for the CDP vendors. Anyhow, the customers probably wouldn't care. Uh, you know, so it's just going to kind of like happen. But if you look at the case histories, there are a few very specific things that like classic CDP case histories. Um, one is the one that I just mentioned about giving the call center agents access to all the customer data. All right, so they get it up on the screen. They can see the stuff they can't see already. So they have a more complete picture of what that customer is up to, which you know immediately translates into better service. Okay, so that's that's a classic CDP use case. Another classic CDP use case is to take your retargeting audiences and update them more quickly. So we've all been chased, you know, by the famous pair of red shoes that chase us around the internet because we we're looking at red, at red shoes or uh, whatever shoes you look at. Uh, I don't want to know. Uh, but the, the CDP, you know, that's between you and, and whoever. Um, but what the CDP will do is if you go off, find go off and buy those shoes, um, it, you know, it can take two or three days for that purchase to kind of make its way through the systems to whatever system is that's feeding your, your email retargeting or your, your 
social media retargeting. Uh, and in the meantime, you're getting those ads, right? So the CDP can do that in minutes. So it can update that list in minutes. So the minute you make the purchase, you stop getting the advertisement for the product you've already purchased. We're going to class it. CDP use case. There's a few things like that that we just see coming up over and over again. And, and the real um, common thread is that it is always involved in moving data between two systems. That's, that's again, what makes it a CDP and that's what makes it a CDP use case. It's not that it does better analytics, although many CDPs have great analytical tools. It's that I usually cannot combine the data from two different systems. In, in one use case. And if the use case requires that, a lot of companies can't do it. And that's what the, use, the CDP lets you do that you couldn't do before. So that's kind of a classic, almost earmark or hallmark of a CDP use case. Does it require data for multiple systems? Yeah, it's probably a CDP job. Just to be difficult though, another way on it, is, is there a risk with this system if you're pulling in from so many different sources that it probably particularly a, a probably particularly difficult for marketing, you actually end up with too much data and you're, you end up overanalyzing what your customers are doing and then and you go off on the wrong tack just out of that. Is that a risk and or is it not something to worry about? Uh, well, I, you know, overanalysis is always a risk. You can have a tiny bit of data and overanalyze it as well. So that mm. uh, probably again goes back to your proclivities then. Uh, then it's the fault of the CDP. I think people do need to be careful about collecting data, not for the sake of collecting data, but because there's some value to it. It's easy to kind of be a data hoarder. Um, and just, you know, it's like, you know, because storage is cheap, right? How many times have you heard of that? It's like having a house in a big attic. I'll just throw everything up in the attic. Maybe someday I'll, you know, maybe someday I'll use that tennis racket again and restring it. And, you know, buy yeah, that, that's my yeah. particular bug. I do that. Every, we, we moved house over, over the Christmas break and the number of things I went, oh, I might use that. Yeah, but right. you've not used it for three years. So the odds aren't, you know, the odds aren't great. <laughs> Yeah, and data is the same way. Anything about data is it, is it degrades, right? So, you know, three year old tennis rack is probably okay, but three year old piece of data, probably not so useful. Mm -hmm. So, you do want to be a little more rigorous. So, so you know, you have, you, that's just, that's just, you know, good kind of good business practices. Any system is going to have the same issues. Uh, CP might make it a little easier to hoard that data, but uh, you want to be careful and, and be, uh, you know, thoughtful and purposeful about how you deal with it. But I don't think, uh, most companies' problem is not that they're overanalyzing. Most companies' problem is that they're not analyzing at all. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of insight would actually be useful for some companies, isn't it? Um, and David, the I've heard the terms of omni-channel, multi-channel, and CP um, and CDP kind of thrown together. Would they are they kind of similar terminologies, um, or are are they actual kind of separate things that have their own uh, function features and, and, and uses? Um, you know, there's an entire industry, there's nothing to come up with these names. Like, it's like, <laughs> oh, we're a multi-channel engagement hub. Uh, okay, I don't know what that means either. Um, and, 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 and some of the other people, most of these things write long papers about you know exactly what they are and what's the difference between an omni-channel engagement hub and a digital engagement hub and a multi-channel engagement. Piece the hell out of me. I don't, we got to read their pattern. I don't. I don't write those papers, so I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> um, you know. So and and you know, I already gave you my definition. You notice it was relatively yeah. 
concise and we try not to use too many big words. I have a three-syllable rule. Try not to use any word with more than three syllables, although I think that definition might violate it a little bit. Um, I think persistent, I think that's persistent. Anyway, um, so yeah, we don't get too hung up with that. I'm certainly, our definition of CDB says you have to take data from all sources and you have to share the data out with all systems. So in that sense, it supports multi-channel or omni-channel. That's a distinction I do understand. Isn't that? Um, use cases in multi-channel just means you're dealing with multiple channels, but they're disconnected and coordinated omni-channel means they're coordinated, uh, at least my understanding. So the CDP supports both multi-channel and omni-channel. Some CDPs have tools built in that do orchestration, either omni-channel or multi-channel orchestrations or cross-channel orchestration. Some, have, some of them you know, have message delivery capabilities that have an email actually built in. And, you know, what makes it a CDP is that it builds those unified profiles. And, 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 and then there are systems that have lots of other capabilities that also happen to be a CDP. Uh, you know, at some point it's like, well, I'm an e-commerce system. And oh, by the way, yes, I have CDP functionality, but I'm really an e-commerce system. You know, that's my focus and this is just a feature for me. So from my perspective, okay, you, you know, you're a CDP. Uh, you know, whatever else you are, you're also a CDP or you have CDP functionality. Uh, so it gets a little, that's part of the confusion about CDPs is there are so many different systems that include a CDP functionality that they do other things that it's sometimes hard to find a common denominator. And some of those systems are going to be on the channel engagement hubs or whatever. I think that's a very important point because um, through this, this talk with you and I, the, 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 the main common denominator that's coming out of it is what label you give it, but in a C CDP perspective, it's having that data in one central point where you can make some insight and actions on it. Um, whether you want to label it um, CRM automation, whatever is such, but a CDP gives you that central depository and then you can um, make those actions and hopefully use those channels based on that, that knowledge, um, which I think quite a few marketers would um, would be good at doing rather than uh, rather than some of the kind of last ending marketing um, tactics that go out there, or at least um, engaging that CPP data in the, in the funnel. Um, so, with, with that, Dave, would you do you recommend different types of um, tactics based on the traditional marketing funnel? I, I, I guess that that's what that data gives you. So, if you, for example, if you've got uh, a load of web visits um coming to your website that you can see in your in your platform you might have certain level of content which you call the top of the funnel content possibly you whereas if you can see there's data of people on your website they've been calling your your sales line or your contact center as you were saying you might have certain kind of a certain kind of content that brings them down the funnel a little bit more that tries to show their their behavioral intent or their buyer intent is that the kind of thing that I guess you could use that data for? You would certainly use that data uh, for that. It, again, the nice thing about it is it will give you a more complete view of that customer. So you'll have a clear picture of where they sit in the funnel. And that in turn will allow you to send more appropriate content to them or messaging or whatever, whatever treatment, whatever kind of treatment you're doing with them. Um, again, not particularly unique to CDP there. That's that's good marketing. You know, that's what yes. you should be doing. And hopefully, you're doing that even before. <laughs> yeah. 
and the CDP just uh, lets you do it a little more easily and effectively. But the CDP is not, uh, you know, this magic elixir that you drink in and, and you know, something you're like supermarketer and still got another thing to do your marketing. It's not really going to solve that problem for you. No, no, I guess, I guess it won't. Um, nice the other bit that I just wanted to ask is you, you've written some pieces on predictive um, profiling. And I just wanted to see your thoughts on, um, obviously, the, having all that data, I assume, will help you do that um, predictive profiling and lead scoring a, a little bit more accurately as well. Or at least it gives you more options to add scores, take away scores based on behavior, interactions and um, inputs. That's right. I mean, anything that involves any kind of predictive analysis, uh, and honestly, whether it's automated or just somebody looking at the data, will be more effective when there's more data to look at, more data points, more more up-to-date, more current data points, and CDPs generally will ingest data in real time. Uh, if the data is available to be ingested in real time, of course, many sources can't provide it in real time. But if the source can provide it, the CDP can get it in there and make it available to you. So. It should, as a result, better data, better predictions. You know, the quality data is by far the biggest predictor of the quality of your predictions, much better than, say, the al which algorithm you use or anything like that. It really is 99%, you know, 85%, uh, you know, just the data itself. So having at least marginally better data should be marginally better predictions. Um, some of the CDPs have, in, you know, their own predictive tools built in. So if you go from a company that has no predictive tools and limited data to a company that has unified data and predictive tools, of course, that's going to be a bigger leap, a bigger improvement. Um, and that's what you get by buying a CDP because you bought a CDP that has that so much the better. Uh, some of the CDPs do actually have some pretty advanced orchestration capabilities. So beyond simply creating individual model scores, some of them can actually kind of manage that customer life cycle or the funnel. Uh, and, and automatically move people from one status to the next and send the right message for that particular status at that uh, final stage that they've entered into. Some of them, even now, at least they claim, uh, can kind of automate the design of those things so they can figure out what the final stages are, figure out what the right content is, as opposed to executing rules. So some of them get uh, quite powerful. On, on that basis of obviously different levels of adoption, what what um, what level of adoption are we at generally? I've got to be honest, this like CDPs is only a term I've started hearing probably in the last last 12 months or so, really being talked about. And obviously CRMs are kind of maybe not popular knowledge, but they're people are a lot more familiar. And what are we are we still in? Are businesses that are picking them still early adopters for a lot of industries? I know you mentioned the retail sector is pretty pretty developed there, but but across everywhere, where are, we, where are we at with that? Well, I think we're past early adoption. Uh, it, you'll see all kinds of different numbers and different surveys. And the problem is usually that the survey is like done by a CDP vendor of their you know, own house files and go, like, guess what? Yeah. Most of those people have heard of a CDP or they wouldn't be on that list to begin with. Um, you know, and that's what we find, you know, we survey our membership at the CDP Institute, but it's the same thing, obviously. These are people who are more tuned to CDP than average. Every now and then we'll see a survey that is not really uh, sort of based on CDP for, in one way or another. And those tend to come in around over 20, 25% penetration. 
Um, and then you get into the definitions of do you even know what a CDP is, the people are answering the questions. There was a, a famous survey where 50% of the people said they were using the Salesforce CDP before Salesforce had even launched the CDP. It's like, okay, uh, maybe we'll take that one with a grain of salt. Uh, so there's those issues, but uh, realistically, we think penetration is around 20%, but higher in retail for sure, higher in big business than small for sure. You know, sometimes you can just see relative uh, levels of penetration, which are going to be accurate regardless of the uh, issues with the audience uh, bias. So, you know, small businesses, again, really, you know, really small business under, say, 50 million revenue. Uh, you know, much less common just to say, again, they don't really have the need, they don't have the skills or the resources, the technical staff to uh, deploy and manage one of those things or, or the marketing sophistication to get the incremental benefit. Again, they usually have simpler things they need to work out and get straight before they uh, get the incremental benefit of that better data that a CDP would give them. Okay, yeah, I was about to follow up on that and say, um, if a business is, is listening to this and say, oh, oh we, we should have a CDP, um, what kind of questions do they need to be asked and what kind of groundwork do they need to do before they dive into that? Obviously, it sounds like something you've got to consider what, what data sources are particularly useful for what you do, but where else can, what else do you need to think about before you start this journey? Well, uh, sorry. So it starts with what do I want to do? Okay, so what are the, and then what can't I do and why can't I do it? And will a CDP solve my problem? So what process should go through? So what, are the, what do I want to do? What are the marketing programs or the business activities? Because it's not just marketing that I really feel would be of great value in my company. I don't want to do something that's got small value. So what are kind of the big pain points, the big things that I really want to do that I can't do today? Okay, so you ask yourself those questions. Now you ask yourself, well, What's stopping me from doing that? And is that a problem the CDP would solve? If it's a problem, if what's stopping me is I can't combine data from multiple sources to use it together, okay, that's what a CDP does. If what's stopping you is I don't have a predictive modeling tool, you know, a CDP might provide that, but it's, you, know, you can also buy one if that's your only problem and you already have your data assembled for whatever reason, maybe because it's all in one system to begin with, then just go on by predictive modeling tool and mess around with the CDP, right? If the problem is my staff doesn't know what the heck they're doing, <laughs> you know, then guess what? If I, you know, train them. I'm not fire them. We train them for God's sake, uh, and and maybe it'll turn out if they were trained that they need the CDP, but the CDP is not going to train your staff for it. So you, you you know you have to understand what problem you're going to solve, and again, the particular one that that's most likely to be a CDP problem is that one that involves multiple data sources coming together. So if you have a lot of lot of lot of things you can't do because you're missing that. That's pretty much the indication that a CDP should be on the list. Quite, I think that's I think that's a very broad um, bit of advice that probably applies to everything in marketing. What, hey. what can't I do? Why can't I do it? What yeah, do I need ask, to do? Is that ask a... me about your love. I mean, you know, any any <laughs> Whatever you want. Why is the sky blue? Right, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I think that's a really good point to to wrap this up on. Giving people plenty to think about, and we've. Uh, explore what these what these platforms are what they can do what they can't do so that's probably um a great place to say thank you very much for being on the podcast and we'll leave it there okay well a lot of fun yeah, thank you, good to catch up thank you for joining us for another episode of that marketing podcast you clearly have wonderful taste we hope you found the content useful and and enjoyed it we'd love you to 
subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us maybe leave us a review if you can think of a topic that you you'd like us to cover or even if you fancy coming on the podcast and sharing your own experience on a particular topic uh, you can reach us at marketing team at spotler.co.uk thanks once again and happy marketing mm-hmm.